Hey, Dr. Bill Sinyard here with another gospel rant. And this time we're looking at the very hot foreign film, Roma. It's been nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Uh, list includes Best Foreign Film, Best Director, Best Actress, Best Film. It's the artistic darling of the year's class. And so it really has some buzz. And fortunately at the rant, we're not evaluating the movie based upon its artistic prowess. And by the way, not even his chances on award night. We'll make some comments at the end, but that's not our prime directive. We're looking at Roma from the point of view of shame. Is shame a major factor in this film? And that's what the shame meter does. Does shame affect relationships, character development, conflict? Is shame the protagonist or antagonist? And honestly, what can we learn about our own shame as we look at the shame and the shame behaviors of others in the mirror of media? And in the end, we'll use our proprietary shame meter to give Roma a number grade between 0 and 10. Fun, right? All right, let's get going. Per robertebert.com, Roma's director, Alfonso Cuaron, has made, quote, his most personal film to date, which, by the way, his, uh, his resume is pretty broad. So his most personal film to date, and the blend of the humane and the artistic within nearly every scene is breathtaking says robertebert.com. It's a masterful achievement in filmmaking as an empathy machine, a way for us to spend time in a place, in an era, and with characters we would never otherwise. Roma spends roughly a year in the life of a family servant maid, Cleo, as she plans for motherhood, tries to support a family that's coming apart, and simply moves through a loud, changing world. Close quote. So, you get the idea, if you've seen it already, Roma follows Cleo, uh, Best Actress nominee Yalitza Aparicio, a young domestic worker for a chaotic, strife-filled, messy family in the middle-class neighborhood of Roma in Mexico City. Cuaron has chosen to film Roma in black and white. It's an artistic choice that, in my opinion, kind of casts a heaviness or a pall on all the characters and story. And, and granted, it gives it some depth. Um, many b believe that this is Cuaron's biography. Uh, as a young boy, he lived uh, in a similar neighborhood in Mexico City. All right, but back to shame. When we think of shame, and here's where it's really instructive, uh, looking at shame in Roma. Too often we think of shame being a dramatic event or a failure or an exposure that just makes us immediately ashamed, crippled emotionally. And, you know, that kind of shame is an event that causes our amygdala to ignite cortisol to our brain, which just shuts down our prefrontal cortex and slams us into a fear cycle. We've all been there, you know, fight, flight, freeze. And a negative emotional rush... Um, that leaves observable scars in our identity and psyche and relationships. Fair enough. But this is critical. Shame also deals with us a different way. It has a second strategy that I would suggest causes even more damage to even more people and particularly the Cleos of the world. We see strategy number two in Quaron's film, Roma. What Quaron brilliantly does is to cinematically explore an entire culture's larger shame tension between the haves and the have-nots from the perspective of the have-nots, two vulnerable women who just can't seem to do anything about their lot in life. They are culturally ill-equipped to affect any social change. 
uh, and particularly in their own lives. The story is set in the early 70s in a middle-class suburb, Roma, in Mexico City. Sofia, played by Marina del Tavira, is a mother of four whose husband is about to leave her. And then Cleo, played by Yalitza Aparicio, is, is an indigenous, meaning lower-class woman. Uh, honestly, her value is measured by how well she cleans up dog crap from the driveway of the family, uh, where she's serving as a live-in maid. Uh, she's definitely lower class. Uh, what they have in common, these two women, is that they're both in positions of helplessness. They're both vulnerable, and you can feel their insecurity, different but similar. The lack of relational stability, uh, and of course, just impotent to do anything about it. Cleo gets pregnant, big time shame and fear for her. She's abandoned by the father and can do nothing about it. Uh, she is afraid of being fired by Sophia and can do nothing about it. Sophia's security is no better. She is desperately committed to keeping her family together uh, uh, with her louse husband who abandons her and the family. He forces her to lie to cover up his dalliances, right? She can't do anything about it either. Shame says... You're not able to do what's expected. You can't fix the problem. You're impotent. You can't change your situation. Don't you see how vulnerable you are? You're helpless. That's, that's shame at its nasty worst. Shame strategy in Roma seems pretty clear. It's not a, a heavy, immediate frontal attack where it's obvious. It's more of a slow burn, a, a slow disintegration of people's identities. You know, what race are you from? Sex role, tribe, people group. Uh, and you need to stay there. Uh, uh, disintegration of relationships, right? Marriage is no longer secure or lasting. The husband says if it lasts or not. And even it disintegrates society. Quaron frames the two women struggled in the framework of a historical student-led anti-government revolt that didn't end well for the students. Uh, somewhere between 100 and 120 students were, were brutally murdered by governmental soldiers. They didn't have a chance. They had no power. They were vulnerable. Uh, no weapons could have done this. They were ill-equipped to, to change matters that affected their lives. You see, they were people in shame. They weren't capable of changing their lot. That's a shame-driven societal disintegration strategy, and it's just everywhere. I mean, if you look in the United States today, I think we can see it. Okay, but let's dive deeper into Shame's playbook uh, in the, the movie Roma. So while Mexico was in chaos and vulnerable students were being cruelly slaughtered, the Mexican middle class, uh, Sofia and family, is portrayed as being insulated from, from that mess in Roma, They're not even aware of it as they blissfully drive downtown for an appointment. And so they're willingly oblivious and indifferent to the struggles of, of others who are being slaughtered or hurt. They're unaware of the havoc in the streets. And that's shame. Shame co-conspires with denial to keep good people from helping other vulnerable people. So instead of stepping up for the weak, shamed people prefer to go on vacation to the beach, for instance. We also get a peek into the shame strategy of the Mexican upper class. It looks like the middle class, not my problem strategy on, on steroids. So they leave the burning city for the burning country. All right, I get it. Shameless metaphor, my bad. It's like Nero fiddling while Roma burned. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, you know, move on. Uh, and they're hiding as well. Don't see, don't tell. From the real world human tragedies going on all around them from other classes. And honestly, uh, you know, that very strange upper class family gathering 
in Roma looks a lot more like a Stephen King movie than Quaron. So, we have a portrait of an entire society in the throes of human uh, relational disintegration, and we ride it out. It's a shame, right? Shame avoids problems, and particularly the problems of others that we see less than us. Shame hides. No, don't see, don't tell. Shame lies about our precarious situation. Uh, we don't want to see ourselves vulnerable, uh, helpless, un unable to do what we need to do. It also lies about the plight of others. Well, they'll get along. Shame applauds indifference. Shame self-medicates to avoid pain of self-awareness and integration. You know, a trip to the, to the woods or to the beach will do fine. And no judgment, right? I do it too. All right, so I will say this. Cleo seems to be the only human island amidst the domestic strife and political and societal inhuman turmoil and disintegration in Roma. I mean, she's the, she's the light in the darkness. In the midst of her helplessness uh, and exposure and vulnerability, she remains loyal and caring and compassionate. And, and certainly, you have to say she's the most likable character and maybe the most authentic character of all the largely shallow characters that surround her. She's the one beloved by the children that she serves, and perhaps she's the closest thing to a, a real mother they have. So shame meter. I know you're waiting for this. I give Roma a 6.5 out of 10. Uh, I would give it more, except for two reasons. First, there is some evidence of redemption at the end. There's hope after the family's dear tragic trip to the beach. I won't do a spoiler here. And second, Quaron is treating... Cleo as the true heroine of the story. So, so you see what he's doing? He's taking somebody who's vulnerable at the lower end of the societal food chain, and she becomes the honored one. She becomes the hero. She becomes the, the one who, 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 who acts the most compassionately, right? It's hopeful. Shame can be defeated and even set back by a, a vulnerable woman from a lower indigenous class. I like it. In the end, uh, Cleo evolves from indigenous servant uh, with almost no gravitas to family. Um, it's a start. So, uh, will Roma win Oscar for Best Picture? You know, I would be surprised by that. But in a year without an obvious front runner, it, it might be the upset darling. I don't think so. I think there are slightly better candidates uh, yet. Yeah, it's highly likely Quaron will take home Best Director Oscars, maybe Cinematography, Best Foreign Film is a lock. You know, who knows? And that's why we watch the Oscars. If you want to know more about what the gospel says about our shame, go to the website www.gospel-app.com. Take a look at the blogs and information and the curriculum. Uh, we... Jesus followers really can access a power to begin to uh, diminish the power of shame in us. Not perfectly, that's heaven, but baby steps can be made. Take heart, child of God. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful devotional and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. 
To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.